You're listening to the McKinsey Podcast, featuring wide-ranging conversations on the issues that matter in business and management. This episode is brought to you by the McKinsey Quarterly. Welcome to the McKinsey Podcast. I'm Roberta Fasaro, and today I'm talking with McKinsey partner James Kaplan about a topic that's very much in the news today, corporate data breaches and the systems and procedures that companies use to protect sensitive consumer information. James is a co-author of Beyond Cybersecurity, a new book written specifically for business leaders who need to understand how to build effective cybersecurity programs. James, as you conducted research for this book, you spoke with nearly 200 executives in a range of industries about their cybersecurity experiences. What kinds of things did you hear from them? What common issues are they all facing? I think we heard a few consistent themes, first of which we heard about a high and increasing level of concern. Almost all the business executives and technology executives uh, we spoke to believe that protecting critical information assets will be a strategic issue for their institutions over the course of the next several years. Almost all the technology executives we spoke to said they felt they were falling behind uh, the cyber attackers, that the uh, hackers of various stripes were improving their capabilities more quickly than institutions could improve their capabilities to protect themselves, therefore increasing the overall level of, of risk. We heard a lot about tension between security and innovation, that for many ambitious technology initiatives, security is the long pole in the tent, and therefore ever more restrictive security measures made it harder to innovate uh, from a technology standpoint and harder to capture value from technology innovation. Finally, we heard about the importance of what might be described as the digitally resilient ecosystem or the cybersecurity ecosystem. All the institutions we spoke to said, Obviously, protecting their information assets was primarily their responsibility, but that they couldn't do it alone. They needed a supportive uh, regulatory environment. They needed a supportive vendor technology environment. And many of them said that they would also benefit from uh, richer uh, markets for risk transfer, things like cybersecurity insurance. It's interesting because you, in the book, you also you re, you redefine cybersecurity in a way as being more of a business problem as much as it is a technology problem. Um, why is it useful to frame the problem in this way? I think there's a few reasons. It is, you know, a question of um, of, of business risk. The reason that we care about the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of information assets is because they're useful to the business in some way, shape, or form. It's important customer data. It's important intellectual uh, property. It's important management or, or business plans. And you only can think about uh, that importance from, uh, from a business standpoint. We started to map out all the interdependencies between cybersecurity and the rest of the organization in product development, in marketing, in sales, and procurement, in operations, and in corporate affairs. And literally every business function had an important and complex set of interdependencies with cybersecurity. We would note that the large majority of things you need to do to be secure don't happen in the security organization. The way institutions protect themselves is they use data uh, more thoughtfully. Uh, Their uh, application developers create more secure applications. Uh, Their procurement teams negotiate contracts, which have intelligent terms and conditions that uh, that mandate uh, vendors uh, protect uh, important corporate data. Infrastructure teams build secure technology environments. The security team can influence that, but it can't do it by themselves. It truly takes action across the entirety of the business. 
You you also you'd mentioned earlier in our conversation this this notion of digital resilience and what you're just talking about now sounds like sort of a, um, a kind of a sweep of, of of what we mean by digital resilience. Can you define it for for the audience? Can you define it for us? Yeah, it's moving from cybersecurity being primarily the responsibility of a small number of people in the technology organization to being something that's integrated into uh, business processes and broader technology environments. Sometimes I like to use the metaphor of what auto manufacturers went through in the 1980s as quality became critical to them. It used to be the case that they tried to inspect quality in. They would put someone at the end of a manufacturing line in order to check that a suspension assembly was appropriately uh, uh, secured to the, the chassis. I think that was conclusively proven to be both expensive and ineffective. And over time, the auto manufacturers started to design products that could be built with high quality. They started to design manufacturing processes um, that were oriented around, around quality. They started to build vendor contracts and relationships that ensured uh, the quality of the parts that they procured. Uh, something similar has to happen in the security world. Institutions need to move from layering security on top to building it into uh, the entirety of the organization, into business processes, into technology environments, into the day-to-day actions that people undertake. How can non-IT executives come up to speed on security issues and the technologies required to protect sensitive information from where they sit? How can they contribute to the solution? I would suggest coming up to speed on security technologies shouldn't be the first priority or even the second priority for senior business managers. They have an incredibly important role to play in, first off, helping set the agenda, figuring out which risks are more versus less important. Second, uh, helping make choices about trade-offs between risk on the one hand and then cost and business impact on the other. And then third, driving behavioral changes across the organ- across the organization. According to your research in the book, only 20% of companies ensure that the board reviews and approves the cybersecurity strategy in some detail, and only 20% of companies accurate, uh, actually incorporate cybersecurity-based metrics into their performance evaluations. So what role should the board play in cybersecurity initiatives? What sort of, of difference can board directors make? The board has an incredibly important role in setting the agenda uh, for uh, cybersecurity uh, in, uh, in significant organizations or in publicly traded or other organizations. They need to make sure the issue gets on the agenda on a regular basis and gets reviewed by the entire board, not just by the audit committee. Second, they need to make sure there's sufficient time. Uh, too often when um, CISOs get asked to present to boards, they're told they have 20 minutes or 30 minutes and can only uh, present a couple of slides, which summarize uh, the cybersecurity environment for that company at the highest level of detail. So boards, I think, need to provide sufficient time and space for interaction. They need to ask the tough questions around which risks are more versus less important, what's the current level of capability, how are trade-offs being made, what's the level of progress against the plan, and is the organization truly being activated across business functions uh, to, protect, uh, to protect against cyber attack. And then finally, the board can make sure that a sufficient management attention and resources are made available uh, to execute on cybersecurity programs effectively. 
Some people think that spending more on cybersecurity is the way to achieve Fort Knox-like levels of data protection. But you and your colleagues disagree. Um, Why is that? I would take issue with the premise of the question that Fort Knox, quote-unquote, levels of protection are appropriate for every business in every circumstance. Information assets have incredibly wide ranges in terms of level of sensitivity, and there's a great many things that do need the highest level of protection, the Fort Knox level of protection. There's other information assets, other types of data that don't require that type of rigor and protection. And it's incredibly important to make that distinction and focus resources and focus management attention appropriately. However, it seems that more resources don't in every case lead to a better cybersecurity strategy or a better posture for the organization. We did a deep dive at more than 60 global 500 institutions looking into their cybersecurity risk management practices. And a few things came out of that. First of which, the overall level of maturity was low. Only 10% of institutions we surveyed had a mature set of practices. That to say they knew who the attackers were, what assets they need to protect, um, how to prioritize potential investments and policies, and how to make sure uh, that the decisions they made were implemented uh, holistically and comprehensively. Second, there wasn't necessarily a correlation between more expenditures measured uh, by IT security spend in proportion to overall IT spend and cybersecurity risk management maturity. In fact, there were many companies that were in the quadrant we described as throwing resources at the problem. They had relatively high cybersecurity spend and relatively low maturity. So they had large teams. They had procured many of the uh, technologies you read about, um, in, read about online, or read about in the uh, read about in the uh, in the techno- in the trade press, but they had um, little insight into what to protect or the best way to protect it. They were, in effect, throwing resources at the problem. I wanted to to get at that innovation uh, point that you'd mentioned early on. In the book, you mentioned that $3 trillion in innovation value is at risk when companies fail to properly shore up their data defenses. Can you explain what that means and what the implications are for today's companies? Sure. Our colleagues at the McKinsey Global Institute estimated the value from an important set of technology innovations, cloud, mobility, the Internet of Things, and so forth. In aggregate, the value over the course of the next several years added up to $20 billion. However, many of these innovations depend on confidence in the security and integrity of data and the ability to deploy robust cybersecurity models uh, quickly and, and, and effectively. So we surveyed a very broad range of institutions, and ask the question, to what extent are cybersecurity concerns or complexities in in deploying security architectures delaying the introduction of new technologies? And we found that for some technologies, like cloud and mobility, there was already a significant delay. Second, we heard that if the security environment worsened, became more threatening, that those delays would extend and expand. So that $3 trillion is a measurement of how much the value associated with a whole raft of innovations we're expecting to power the digital economy will be delayed 
in their introduction over the course of the next several years. Thank you so much for joining us, James. Thank you. It was a pleasure. You can follow James Kaplan on Twitter at JMK37. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the McKinsey Podcast. To learn more about McKinsey, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at mckinsey.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.